jasoncharles.net. Deep talk, talk, deep deep sounds. Hey, this is Evie Grieve. The following podcast is not affiliated with East Village Eye, the monthly magazine of popular and avant-garde culture that existed in print from May 1979 to January of 1987. However, if you'd like more information about this legendary downtown publication and for archives and exclusive merchandise, including East Village Eye t-shirts and accessories, go to eastvillageeye.com or printedmatter.org. You are listening to The East Village Eye on jasoncharles.net. I'm Delphine Blue, and I'm talking to the one and only Evie Grieve. I am sitting here with Evie Grieve. It's Evie Grieve, like <laughs> here. And uh, this is The East Village Eye on jasoncharles.net. I have more questions for you. Well, so you've probably made a lot of inside connections within the East Village that maybe the average person hasn't. Would you ever consider being involved in politics? No, I am not. A, no, I'm not a political person at all. I mean, I vote, obviously, but I don't, you know, even getting conversations about something that's going on in this administration or the previous. I'm just not a big politics person. I, I'm interested in politics, you know, sort of like sausage, though. You don't know, really want to know how it's made. I enjoy going to community board meetings. I mean, that sounds strange, but I just more for like the theater uh, in a previous life, before I moved to New York, I, I worked for a, a newspaper chain. I used to cover city council meetings, zoning meetings, and just in school board. And it was just crazy, some of the stuff that happened. And I still see that. I don't mean crazy like Jerry Springer, but just like this this uh, involvement and this the, the, the minutia of, okay, well, you know, this wall is 13.3 inches and it should only be 13 and have this like four hour debate about whether they can, you know, get a zoning variance for it. And I, you know, I see that in some of these meetings, especially the state liquor authority committee meetings, I think they're really interesting. Well, do I want to be on the, the person sitting on that board, make helping make some of these decisions? No, I, I don't. Definitely but every, not. Yeah, every few months, so it's it's interesting to go. And it's a great way to just, you know, figure out what's going on. And same with uh, the Ninth Precinct over on Fifth Street has uh, every third Thursday of the month, there's a community council meeting. And it's a great opportunity to go and just listen to these. It's almost like the Citizen app come to life. You know, oh, you know, I have these kids in my backyard, uh, you know, throwing rocks against <laughs> the fence, you know, that kind of thing. But it's also a way to meet. And if there is a legitimate complaint, I mean, I appreciate that people leave comments on my site about, you know, these jerks doing this or that. But you really need to go out and, you know, you need to get before an audience. And the, the commanding officer is always there. And I have... In talking with residents, they've had their issues resolved by going to these community council meetings. So sometimes, you know, you just need to go out and it kind of sucks on a Tuesday night to spend two hours at a, you know, sitting in a ninth precinct meeting room. But, you know, that's sometimes what it takes. Got to put the footwork in. That's right. Um, I have a few pointed questions relating to some sites in the East Village. And one of them is in regards to that um, mysterious building on 6th between 1st and A. Was it a some kind of a substation? That's, oh, right. And then it was, it was sold to a private per- what was that building it was a the con ed substation it was a substation in its life and it's that's how it was built to be con ed substation somewhere along the line uh, walter demaria bought the space and he passed away i think in 2013 2014 and peter brandt 
bought the building and they're he they have been restoring it the last three years and god knows what they're doing in there but they have a, a very active work site it appears that the work has been complete now and this coming march is going to be the first uh exhibit there of uh, basquiat uh from peter brandt's private collection uh, he's he bought his first basquiat in 1984 andy warhol made the introduction and so he has a world-renowned collection of Basquiat, apparently. And I think as commoners, will be able to go inside. I think you, you just can't walk in. I think you need to make an appointment. There are certain hours that it will be open to the public, and you make an appointment like, you know, 2 o'clock on Friday. The what? So that's that's what's going on there. So I imagine they're, you know, obviously needed to, had to gut it, put in some world-class security if all these, like, priceless Basquiat's are hanging in there somewhere. We'll find out in March, hopefully. Well, that's interesting that that's sort of an art space because we got another very interesting cultural institution on the corner of St. Mark's and Second. Right. That uh, Swiss, Swiss, what is Institute. that? Swiss Institute. Swiss, do you, do you uh, have? You know, I have not actually been there yet. I'm embarrassed to say it opened up earlier in the summer. And I think people were shocked that, you know, something like that was going to open there because it was this rather... I mean, I, I sort of grew to love it, but it was sort of that ugly Chase branch. Really ugly. Which was really bizarre because there's the other Chase branch just, you know, two blocks up 2nd Avenue. It's like, okay, that was back in the days where, you know, it could count on a bank branch on every corner. But that's, as we've seen, the trend now is going away from that where bank branches are actually closing and packing, you know, moving out. Uh, and because there were rumors for a while that, or well, the building is actually for sale and that was going to be, they thought they'd be tear it down. And then I think... You know, one of the renderings showed something like an Apple store in that space. And so I think people were sort of expecting the worst. And then all of a sudden, this nonprofit uh, museum slash gallery is going to open space. I think people are like, wow, really? So, yeah, I think everybody's I, still scratching their heads. Yeah. I mean, it's good, but yeah, it's definitely. really curious. And you have the printed matter, has a little kiosk inside the front. Uh, I popped my head and looked at the books real quick, but I have not. They have a lot of great programming there, and I'm really looking forward to, you know, as we progress in the fall and getting over there and seeing some, some yeah. shows. Okay, so then moving a little bit further up 2nd Avenue on the opposite side of the street, there was that building that was, was it sort of a medical building? That big red building in the middle of the block, it's just a little bit down from where the gap was. Mm. Oh, right. The... And that became, what? do you know anything about that building? Yeah, next door to the library. Yeah, next door to the yeah, library. You know, I, gosh, I... My history of that is, off the top of my head, is uh, not very good. I know there was like a consulting firm who was renting the space, and I believe they recently just relocated to Long Island City, and I did a post, and I, my, my memory, uh, but that space I know is for rent, and it is only for nonprofit. I mean, they're not going to, hey, it's putting a couple of restaurants and four-level bar in here. I mean, it's not so like that. Wild. It's really like, it's for office space. Yeah, it is quite... Uh, I've never been inside, but from the, from the exterior, it looks quite uh, quite wonderful. Very very mysterious. It is mysterious. Yes. So of of you know uh, obviously the site, as you said, is more about East Village news. This opened or this is happening, but of the closures, and we've had many in the past few years. Which ones have hit you the hardest personally? Uh, yeah, you know, I always you know, people have asked me that, and you know, it's usually it's not so much the places that have closed, but it's like the people have left. You know, that's what I miss more than anything. You know, some of my friends who've had to move moved away for work reasons or personal reasons, or people who are you know rent hiked out, or you know some 
uh, landlord bought the building and, you know, tossed everyone out on the street. So for a lot of different reasons. Uh, so I miss some of my, my old friends who I've, you know, known through the years. I mean, in terms of closures, I mean, you know, in terms of, you know, as far as bars go, perhaps, you know, Mars Bar, Blarney Cove, it sure be nice to go in one of those two places again. <laughs> and, I, you know, I was always a fan going back, you know, when I first arrived to going to uh, – the the Odessa the the old I mean there's like the new Odessa but I, I guess they called it you know at one point time they had the two Odessas running at the same time so I think that old Odessa was always a favorite place of mine so mm-hmm. it'd be really nice to get back in there. Oftentimes when uh, I go on Facebook, the first thing I see is your very very early morning photographs. Do you take wow. those? I do. Why ta- do you get up so I, damn early? That's a good. I blame I blame my parents. I mean, I think my they're both early risers. So I think it's part of hereditary. My father would always get up at five thirty, and you know, like, hey, it's Saturday, you'll sleep in, uh, you know, five forty five. So I've I, it, I've always been an early riser that way. And I used to have a paper out when I was a kid. I had the morning paper. I'd get up really crazy early to pass my paper or out before school and and it's just sort of a drag in the summer so I'm just used to getting up I like getting up really early and uh and you kind of get out there and start the day and things are still sort of preserved from the night before it's you know maybe a few hours after the bar is closed so some something stupid someone left behind or some sort of active vandalism is still fresh no one had time to clean it up or anything so you get some uh, it's a good opportunity and also a good a uh, good time to go through the trash or not go through the trash, but see the trash, see some crazy thing. Like someone throws out a boar's head or something and it's just like lying there in the trash. And so there's some, there's some good photo ops. Plus, you know, depending on the time of year, you know, you might get a good uh, sunrise in there too. Yeah. I, I think I take too many sunrise photos. There's I try to never look, too many sunrise I think, photos. I, yeah. So, but yeah, that's, that's the main reason I think one that I can't really sleep in physically. I just, I'm always up early, but also too because it's a good time for uh, to do a little recon work before a lot of people are out. That's been a very annoying question for me. Every time I look at them, I think, why the hell does this guy get up so early? Yeah, people leave those comments sometimes, like on my Instagram feed. They're like, "Why are you up now?" You know, it's like, "Oh, it's here's the 6:20 a.m. sunrise." This, you know, like. It's pretty, but what are you doing up at that hour? (laughs) (laughs) But of course, I'm in bed like at nine. So, you know, people send me an email. Something happens overnight. You know, oh my gosh, something terrible happened. And it's like, you know, I'll get it. get the email like eight hours later. So that's that's the curse. I always fall asleep really early. Wow. Nine o'clock. Wow. Okay. Ten Um, ten o'clock. All right. So when you let we're just going to go backwards a little bit out of order here. So you started the blog on your own. But now you have uh, some other people who are assisting you with the Evie Grieve. That is true. Again, I'm and how did that happen? And some, you know, people who are just interested have a, you know, natural sense of curiosity. Uh, People who follow the site and a fellow named Stephen, who's really uh, He's at home sometimes during the day. He'll go check some of these things out, like the former DF Mavens. He'll, you know, he'll walk by that three or four times a day, you know, poke his head in the door. And there's some other folks, too, who have, uh, you know, found the site and see that, you know, we'll post photos. And he, uh, you know, Derek Berg, is, for instance, is someone he's, you know, he has a dog. He walks his dog. He's out a lot, goes, walks back and forth through the park. And so, you know, he's a he's a great photographer and he's been, you know, taking photos for many years. And so I'm again, I appreciate it appreciative of people who are, are, are sharing their work and, you know, send me, send me photos. And I think people have picked up like a really, you know, kind of like the silly things like the Christmas tree. Someone 
throwing away their Christmas tree in September. I don't know why I think that's funny, but I do. Like, where? I mean, you know how, you know, (laughs) my apartment is so small. And, you know, where in the hell do you keep this tree? It's September. I mean, I don't have any room. I mean, it's, I always get a tree and sort of a tradition and all that. It's a little corny. But it's like, yeah, it's it's 26. That thing's, you know, I'm throwing it out. I'm just kidding. But, you know, I'll just take it to the park to have it mulched and uh, come early January. But uh, anyway, I'm just sort of fascinated by that. Unless, you know, someone's got it behind the building or something. But I just, where are they keeping the tree? It's pretty great. Yeah. That's a pretty great question. See, that's it makes why you want to see what their apartment looks like. That's the reason I can't sleep in because I'm like, where are the, where is this tree in their apartment right now? You know, that's that's what's gnawing at me in the early morning hours. What's your favorite block in the East Village? My favorite block in the East Village, uh, you know, I like almost all of 7th Street. Uh, my first apartment was on 7th between B and C. At that time, it was still pretty dicey. You know, they had uh, a well-known drug ring on that block, but they were... If you live there, they recognized you and they had this whole system where you'd start walking, you know, someone make eye contact, they'd kind of shout at someone else who's hiding in their doorway halfway down the block. They had this whole system was kind of interesting. So I've always liked that block. I've really always liked uh, 7th Street lining Tompkins Square Park and also 10th Street uh, lining the park between A and B is also another favorite. And again, keeping on 7th Street, I'd say between, you know, 1st and 2nd and also between uh, 2nd and Cooper Square. And it's not even necessarily for some of the businesses, uh, just like the look and just has this like quintessential East Village look. Yeah, it's got that feel. I don't know if you want to answer this question. So if you don't, that's fine. But is this what takes up the most of your time or do you have a job? I do have a day job. And, you know, I put, you know, I don't know, uh, you know, 50, 60 hours a week at the day job. Uh, yeah, I spend a lot of time on the side on weekends, and sometimes it does. You know, I spend a lot of time in, in the evening on it, depending. Uh, you know, it's, it's one unfortunate thing. I know someone recently asked me to see a show on Monday, and I'm like, well, if I see a show, I can't. I'm not going to have time to write up this stuff, you know, for you know for tomorrow morning. So I usually my social life is a little non-existent, and that's not, you know, I'm not like, oh, whoa, was me. You know, it's my decision, but, you know, it does sort of sometimes put a crimp on things. Cause I, I mean, I want to do it. I want to sit down. I want to write this post. I got a hot tip about something, or I just want to, you know, I did an interview with someone. I want to kind of help put it together instead of, like, going to see a movie or going out to dinner or something like that. Well, what's the what's what's the burning next uh, thing you're writing about on the blog? Well, I, you know, I uh, this week there have been a lot of big stories. Well, good neighborhood stories in the sense that, you know, all of a sudden the Department of Sanitation, like, hey, we're going to park our garbage trucks on 10th Street. We're just going to put all seven of them here right in front of these businesses, in front of these homes. Uh, and there's a lot of outrage. I, I you know, I exchanged emails with the. Uh, the district manager of the community board three. And she said she's never received so many complaints so quickly about an issue. And so that was a big story. And and even a bigger story is what's going on on 14th street with the uh, upcoming L train shutdown. I think most people were under the impression that the construction that was going on was to put in a new entrance for the L train at Avenue A and 14th street. Some residents who had been concerned about that construction work finally got a meeting with some officials and it turns out that is going to be the main staging area for this whole L train, uh, renovation, no, renovation. It sounds like you're redecorating the second room, um, you know, redoing this, uh, the tunnel. So I think they're going to be bringing trucks in and out of there 24 seven. And I think there's some out, you know, some, 
some outrage about that. And it has right by the re- new Target. Yes. And right by <laughs> several new, very nice luxury apartments. So that's, uh, that's a story that's going to be going on for the next, uh, you know, few years to keep keep you busy that That one yeah that and and the construction on houston street that never ends yeah that's never gonna that's (laughs) that's you go in the bowery in houston that you know every there's just you know there's like 20 guys standing around and like two people you know doing something and yeah that's that's gonna be here that's gonna outlast all of us that construction oh it's good to know something will be here when we're not all right so you've chronicled everything that has transpired in the east village and continue to right up until today but crystal ball what do you think the east village will look like in 20 years wow i i i don't know if i really want to know but i mean i think this neighborhood is so resilient and i think there's this community spirit here people fighting against this or against that uh, you know, we see this with the, the former PS64 over 9th Street that, you know, developers been wanting to turn into a dorm. I don't know. I think there's something about this resiliency in the people that, you know, there will be obviously changes, but I still think that spirit and that spirit's been here for so many years. I mean, I think I, I mentioned Ada Calhoun's book earlier, that St. Mark's is Dead, all these different periods that you know and how these, you know, right. that you. street has changed but yet Dot there's com, somehow this the spirit is, uh, that, yeah, that continues and so i think there's something about that that's comforting and i think that gives me hope for the future but i you know i do see things like if you look at the it's been there a few years now the 51 astor place which you know the death star you know that when that thing arrived okay you know it just it, you could just you knew things the things around they're going to start falling like dominoes and it took a little while but you know they put a shake shack in soon enough you know last spring the mcdonald's across the street i'm not booing about mcdonald's closing but you know and then that whole assemblage uh, where the continental is that whole parcel is now going to be demolished and they're going to put up a boutique and and you know you just kind of take away that little bit you know, there's sort of like those little tacky stores selling the sunglasses and the tattoo shops. Not, they're not tacky, but, you know, just sort of uh, those kiosks. I mean, I personally like them. Uh, but anyway, I got you, a lot of scarves and gloves there in a pinch. Yeah, man. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, those things, you know, they're moving down the block a little bit. But I, I can just see things, you know, these big developments moving in and the Moxie Hotel that's opening on 11th Street across from the now former Webster Hall. And all the dinner and dining opera, uh, operations that are going to be in that place and how many different people. I think it's, you know, I think the vibe in those outlying areas and it's going to continue to move in. But I think that center, that Tompkins Square Park, I think that that spirit there is just going to, you know, hopefully things 20 years from now won't look all that different. All right. Well, we'll check back with you. Yes. Yes. I look forward to that. Um, we're pretty much out of time, but I want to thank you so much. And I, I personally want to thank you for doing Evie Grieve because... It's an amazing site. It's fantastic. And I think there should probably be a statue of you in Tompkins Square Park. Uh, wow. I think Next that would be fitting. Samuel Cox there in the corner with this, you know. Everyone yeah. thinks he's like hailing a cab or something. But, or, well, but thank they you. could put you in the dog run or <laughs> who knows, you know. I don't know. But I, I, I really think that you have provided an amazing service to those of us who call the East Village home. Well, I part of the reason I a lot of the reason I do it because I love the East Village and uh, so it's it's important to me to kind of keep tab you know, keep tabs on things and uh, you know, this is my home. I've lived here longer than I have anywhere else in my life, so you know, it's just kind of what I do. It's what you do. Well, For more information about EV Grieve, go to evgrieve.com or E V G R I E V E 
D-O-T-C-O-M. Well, it's DOT, not D-O-T. Right. That's Department of Transportation, which you might write about. That, that is true. That would be a popular topic here in these months. <laughs> but a lot of people think it's Grievy. I've gotten E V Grievy. And then when I tell people it's actually Grieve, and people still call me Grievy, then it becomes a G-R-E-E-V-E-Y or just V-Y. So. People, come on. G-R-I-E-V-E. Grieve. I, like, I like Grievy. I'm going to make it the T-shirts. Grievy. <laughs> <laughs> This is Delphine Blue, and you've been listening to the East Village Eye exclusively on jasoncharles.net. Deep talk, deep sounds. You've been listening to the East Village Eye on jasoncharles.net. The previous podcast is not affiliated with East Village Eye the monthly magazine of popular and avant-garde culture that existed in print from May 1979 to January of 1987. However, if you'd like more information about this legendary downtown publication and for archives and exclusive merchandise, including East Village Eye t-shirts and accessories, go to eastvillageeye.com or printedmatter.org. To continue to follow the podcast with Evie Grieve, please keep an eye out for Eye on the East Village from Spotify, Apple Podcast and JasonCharles.net Podcast Network talk shows. JasonCharles.net Deep talk, deep sounds. That was so deep.